0: blood of John Lewis we celebrate John Lewis he was wounded for America's transgressions I work for Black Lives Matter and could you just please apologize for you know for your white privilege show sir, me, show me, show sir this is
1: absurd of course it's absurd let this me is answer book the absurd. question how, how many of you, you would like to hear an answer, answer to the question sit down sit down can't can't One one of Christianity's specifically horrible contributions to human mythology and delusion is the idea—the terrifying idea—that you could be tortured forever. Horrible by what standard? Um, Horrible by—well, good question. Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) And Jesus rose from the dead so that you—and not your sins—you—and not your sins—could come out of the grave. Jesus rose from the dead. And I'm not going to it that. this is glorious, the, the way out is glorious. Piles and piles of dead bodies and everyone says peace, peace. There is no peace. There's dead bodies and we pretend we lie. We say go be warm, be filled, little baby. Uh, how, how, what do you mean by that, American Christian? What did you mean by be warm, be filled when you said to these dead babies? What do you mean? what you do about the abortion facility that's killing 50 babies on Saturday that's 15 minutes from your house? Free, sir, you gotta repent, sir. Amen. You gotta repent, sir, for murdering babies. Why? Because it's a sin before <gasps> God. Why? Wow. Yeah, Why? that's pretty that's pretty evil of you, sir. I love it. You love it, huh? Yeah, I do. Okay, I hope that you come to Christ, sir. Oh, I'd never go to Christ. I hope that you come to Christ. No, right? I don't go to Christ. And no. you will stand yeah. before God in
0: judgment? Yes, I will.
1: Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. not apologize for this God of the Bible. I come from a long line of men, most of them buried, but all of them well received in glory. Who Thinks not about the opinions of men or the way the rest of the evangelical community is going to walk. I want you to know there is a God in heaven.
0: It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump, is not in charge of the law in our country.
1: Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton.
0: So, Isaiah, what you been up to, man? We hadn't uh, we hadn't done a podcast here in a little bit.
1: Just been busy, bro. Got myself a girlfriend. Classes started.
0: Uh oh. All that kind of stuff. Somebody's somebody's pretty proud of something over there. I can see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know it, man.
0: But man, that's, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. So how have, uh, how has classes been?
1: They've been fine. Uh, enjoyable so far. About a week and a half in.
0: Have you been on campus? Yeah. Okay. So I am exclusively off campus. I am totally online. So what is it like to be on campus right now?
1: Uh, It's kind of weird right now because of all the mask and social distancing stuff. All of our classes have to meet in really big rooms and be six feet socially distanced and all that. We have to wear masks everywhere that we go that's not our dorm room, essentially. Yeah, it's a little bit weird, but it's a great campus, so it's still fun.
0: One of my uh, best friends, Hunter, he was saying he was eating with one of his buddies the other day, and somebody came up to him and said, Hey, you need to put a mask on. And it was somebody on staff and everything, but it was just like, they, they were very, um, they're very intentional and they're very, you have to do it this way. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I get it. They own the facility, so they have a right to do that. But like, I just like, I'm concerned about the mindset behind that, but we've already gotten into that a little bit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so on campus life has been kind of, kind of interesting. So got a new lady friend. That's good, dude. Okay, that going good and everything?
1: Yeah, it's going real well.
0: That's great, man. That's great to hear. Originally, our game plan was something totally different. We were not going to do what we were going to do today, which I feel like a lot of times it ends up that way. (laughs)
1: 90% of the time.
0: But originally, we were going to do one on uh, God's Will, and the book I suggest um, that Everybody reads. It's one of my favorite books. It's by Kevin D. Young and it's called Just Do Something. One of the best books on that. Uh, so if you're, if you're struggling with, well, what does God want me to do or, or how do I know what God wants me to do? Great book to go after. And we were going to talk a little bit about that, um, today, but we switched kind of last second because something popped up. And I don't know. Did you see this before me?
1: No, actually I saw it because you posted it on Facebook.
0: Okay, yeah, so James White posted a video of Lecrae, and if you don't know, James White is in a Lecrae song uh, that he's, like, rapping about, and he's talking about how a man named James White changed my life, and he was talking, Lecrae is talking explicitly about how James White was the one that really helped help open his eyes to some truths about deep truths about christianity i don't know specifically if that was him the
1: pastor not the football player
0: yeah but but yeah i don't know if that was him getting saved
1: i don't think so i think it's more just uh apologetic stuff because dr james white is a pretty famous apologist and he answers a lot of questions especially about reformed theology that i think lecrae uh took advantage of in a good way
0: yeah so um Essentially, I, I'm not going to read the whole Facebook thing because I don't have it all in front of me. But um, I know what James said. Uh, I can paraphrase a little bit. Basically, um, the comment was that this hurts really bad and this is really painful and stuff like. So when you read things like that, and that's like the main guy that really uh, that like discipled you or was a mentor to you or or helped you understand something, um, is posting something like that. You can really see a significant change in people's lives, and 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 the topic is homosexuality and same-sex marriage and uh, things kind of uh, homosexuality in the church, and and transgenderism stuff like that. So the question that was posed to Lecrae on this interview um, was it was a it was a hypothetical question that said if your son came home and said. Hey, this is my husband. We're going to get married. How would you feel about that situation? And, and it was so, it was so typical and it was so interesting to watch because I feel like many Christians have a similar response to this. And a lot of believers feel the same way or quote unquote believers. I don't, I don't, I'm not very sure if you have this response to, to certain things. Um, if you are a Christian, I hope you are. I hope you're just struggling with with thinking through some things. But the response was a lot of dancing around the question, but not a lot of direct, this is right, this is wrong. And he yeah. never said that homosexuality is wrong in the video, which was a big issue that I had. One thing that he did say, it was probably about four minutes long, and, and Lecrae gets into this, and when we see him talking – It's so, it's so odd. Like, what was your first, what was your first impression of when he talked? He kind of looked like he was squirming to me. What do you, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's as if you were looking at a person who has only been a Christian for like maybe a month and Mm. just has no idea what the Bible says. And if that were the case, then it would have been maybe an okay answer.
0: Like, if this was Kanye West.
1: Sure. Right. Someone who's a baby Christian. But this is not a baby Christian. This is someone who has been a Christian for decades, who has studied God's word for years on years on years, who has been brought under the wing of many pastors, who knows what he's talking about. And he's sitting there saying things like, you know, I'm just here to learn, man. Like, I'm just here to learn. I don't you know, I can't cast judgment. I'm just here to learn to be a learner. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. say definitively uh, this way or that way. And I think the thing that was most concerning for me was, like you said, he wouldn't just be a man about it and call it sin, call homosexuality sin. He wouldn't just be open about it. Now, there's a way to be open and winsome, right? There's a way to be strong and gentle. But he was not strong. (laughs) He was too nice about it. and. People in the world would call that loving. Uh, I call that hateful. He was being hateful in that interview by not calling sin what it is, by not being explicit and clear like God is. So, like, the one thing that was, that was really frustrating was at one point he said, you know, they're talking like, if your son comes to you and says, Hey, I'm going to get married to this man. Do you want to be in the wedding? He said something like, you know, I don't I'm just I just want to show him that I support him. And yeah, so that was that's a good point. Yeah. And then he said, "Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that my son does that I would do differently. He says, like, like, I want him to play basketball. He wants to play football. And I'm just yeah. sitting there like, dude, do you even hear yourself like playing <laughs> football when you want him to play basketball is not going to send you to hell. Right. That yeah. doesn't send him to hell. Being gay sends you to hell if you don't repent.
0: Right. And and I think what you're getting at is that he took something and ma- or two things and made them that are incomparable, that you right. can't compare to each other. And he kind of put them together. And so when you do stuff like that, uh, there's there's an uh, we talk about this kind of with the Bible. There's an explicit thing, what you're actually saying, and then an implicit thing, what's implied by what you're saying. What's being implied there is that these two things are equal to each other in nature. Mm-hmm. And when we say um, when we say homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and uh, actual biblical marriage, a man and a woman is that that relationship is on the same level as an understanding of sin and not and what isn't sin is on the same level of basketball and football. Right. What? Like, I love basketball more than football, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if you like football, that's the same thing as being gay. Like, like if you say that, you know, you're probably just being stupid or whatever, like just being goofy. But you don't mean that you're not saying this is sinful to like football. It is mm-hmm. sinful to be gay. It is sinful to ad- ad- adopt a homosexual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that is the concern that I think me and you both had. And the thing that said, this hurts to watch from James White when we see, um, when we, when we see stuff like this and that we're trying to express across that, that this hurts to watch. And so one of the things I wanted to hit was, we're called to be slaves to righteousness. He has an obligation as a Christian to call sin sin. Like mm-hmm. that's an obligation that we have. We're, we are there to live in a way that is holy and above reproach and stuff like that. We are called to, to be ministers of the gospel to these people. What you're doing when you're not saying this is, this is a gospel issue. I think it's a worldview issue right here with Lecrae. One thing that concerns me is because he looks at the world as, okay, well, we kind of, a lot of churches, we need to draw them in before we share the gospel. No, you need to share the gospel with them right then and there. And mm-hmm. I get, you know, hey, if they didn't say anything about, about gay people, or if they didn't say anything about a certain sin, not addressing it. But, dude, he straight up asked you a question about homosexuality, and you had an opportunity to say, God's word says this, and you didn't mm-hmm. say it. Yeah. And and so it literally – this is how serious this is to God. He he destroyed cities over – or a city over this, you know, like Sodom mm-hmm. and Gomorrah. Right. He, he rages against this. He, this is where God's wrath is made known, and, and this is – a declaration of sin in our own hearts because we are saying, Hey, we don't believe in the image that God has given us. We want to create our own image. And it's another form of rebellion that the guy that would, you'd would think would subscribe to this as a Christian doesn't. So that, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of my rant there and just it's it's concerning to me do you have any other like thoughts on that
1: well let's let's kind of uncover the scenario a little bit more uh what's wrong with his hypothetical attending of his son's gay wedding because i would say that it's important for us to be clear that same-sex marriage is not marriage right it's right i like to call it Like Douglas Wilson calls it same-sex mirage. He has a book (laughs) called Same-Sex Mirage because marriage is a Christian thing. It's defined by the Bible, and the world has taken it and perverted it through sin. And marriage is defined as one man and one woman, right? And so the first thing that Lecrae in that situation would have to do is, um, I think, like Job, he would have to go and repent For his son and offer to God some kind of prayer that he would hope would bring his son to salvation, um, to pray for his son, to uh, to repent and to turn away from sin. He would have to explain very clearly that while he does love his son, uh, he loves him so much that he cannot take part in a lie. Um, that he cannot take part in something that is sinful because that would actually be unloving to do. Um, A lot of these problems come from a faulty view of love. It comes from a view that, that love equals tolerance. And that's just not true. If you look at the greatest display of love in the whole world, which was Christ dying on the cross, it was a very difficult and hard and painful and awful thing. Uh, It was, you know, murder becoming salvation and so we have to look at love, not in the sense of what feels good, but in the sense of what is right. And the truth is, God tells us what's right and what's wrong. We have a book, and the book tells us what's right and what's wrong. So this happened a couple years ago with Lauren Daigle. She's a super popular...
0: Oh, yeah. Was this on Ellen?
1: Yeah, well, she. Okay. someone asked her in an interview, like, you know, how do you associate yourself with people like Ellen, who is openly homosexual? And instead of saying something like, well, I was there to share the gospel, uh, and while I disagree with them, I think that I can still do that and share the gospel with them. She said something along the lines of, well, I'm not really one to define what's sin and what's not sin. I'm not really sure if the Bible is clear about that. And this is the problem, is that, no, we actually don't get to define what is sin and what's not sin. Only God defines that, but he did define it, and he told us to Uh, to preach the gospel and to tell people what the truth is, right? And he defined homosexuality as sin. He defined it as something that sends people to hell. Uh, He says to the church, you know, he he lists all of these things, including homosexuality, and says that, that people who practice those things will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, such were some of you. Not such are some of you, such were some of you. They Mm. repented and came to salvation. And so what would be loving as a father for, for Lecrae to do, uh, the most unloving thing I'll say, the most unloving thing that he could do is to tolerate sin in the name of love. Um, the reason why my parents disciplined me as a child was because they loved me, right? Because they wanted to see me repent. They wanted to see me do what was right. If they had just said, Isaiah, you just punched your sister in the head, but that's okay. We love you. That's hateful to my sister. It's hateful to me. Um, it's hating the God who told them to discipline me and to bring me up in the nurture and admonition of the lord and so what we see going on here is is hatred uh it's it's hatred of of the world it's hatred of of god's design it's hatred of what god clearly says because if we truly loved the standard if we truly believed that it brought about salvation and truth then we would be open and honest about it and we would say son that's not marriage that's harmful that is deadly that will send you to hell you need to repent and be saved
0: yeah, and so like that's I think that's a really good um baseline understanding of going into this video of in our good reaction of going into this video and understanding what's actually going on here. But one of the things that um that I kind of wanted to talk about, one I wanted to talk about something else in this video, but the the second thing that I wanted, kind of wanted to get into uh, thought about while you were talking. There are Issues here that I don't think a lot of Christians necessarily process, maybe. Um, and and there's where there are issues of sin and there are there are things that are sinful There is And then there are things that glorify God. And then there are issues of Christian liberty. And I think we make three we can make kind of three distinctions here. And I think when you glorify God through you're gonna disagree with me aren't you i am Go ahead, <laughs> when you glor- you can glorify god through uh, christian liberty but i will say yes there
1: are there's a clear distinction between
0: sin and not and what is sin what isn't sin but
1: i just wouldn't i just wouldn't make it three categories i wouldn't say that it's like there's uh not glorifying god a neutral and then there's glorifying god and the neutral is christian liberty now if you uh take advantage of christian liberty and you let's say Smoke a cigar to the glory of God in balance, doing it the right way, being convinced in yourself. Someone disagrees with you. They say, I wouldn't do that, but you do it. You're on this side. There's only two categories. You're either glorifying God or you're not. You're either growing closer to him or you're not. So there is a Christian liberty aspect to things, but it's not as if there's some neutral zone where it's like uh, it doesn't do anything either way.
0: Yeah. So we're not disagreeing.
1: I'm just clarifying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think. Christian Liberty glorifies God um, in in itself because it is its freedom in Christ that's right. the whole idea of Christian Liberty but what I'm saying is like that's kind of grouped together with that but I I kind of I guess I shouldn't have made it a neutral thing but anyways there's the reason why I kind of threw that in the middle I guess is because there's some people that view certain things as sinful and to them that can be sinful like if you were an alcoholic for a long long time it's it's probably pretty sinful for you to even go back to, to like have a beer or something like that because it's going to, uh, maybe reignite some old, uh, habits sure. and, and cause sure. you to fall into further sin. So I understand that perspective. I guess that's yeah. kind of why I put it in the middle, but know. it's left up to, uh, the spirit's conviction right. uh, of your heart. But, um, anyways, um, when we look at it from, We gotta we gotta call what is sin and we gotta look at what isn't sin and and I thought it was interesting the way the question was proposed to Lecrae, would not would you be okay with him being gay? Not would you um would you accept a homosexual lifestyle if you were gay or something like that? It wasn't it wasn't anything like do you think the Bible is affirming of a homosexual lifestyle? It was that's implied a little bit. What was asked? Would you come to a wedding? It wasn't it it was just a very you don't have to be in sin. You just got to kind of come, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was asked. It was crafted. Really interesting. And so like that hypothetical, it, it really I think we would do value if we kind of broke that down mm-hmm. a little bit.
1: Yeah. You know, so it, it really plays on emotions. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, OK, well, even if you disagree, won't you just like go to the wedding? This is what happened in. Uh, with the whole cake baking situation, if you remember that from a couple years back. Yeah. Um, yep. How that, that couple was asked to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple. And they said no, because they're Christians. They said we won't take part in that. And everyone was just like, it's just a cake. You can disagree and still bake the cake. But the truth is, it, you're, uh, you're affirming something just by being there, right? Yeah. John Piper has an Ask Pastor John episode on this, and he with you know with with great trembling he says i have to be honest i cannot take any part in sin that egregious it's not as if you're going over to a gay couple's house for dinner right no a wedding is a celebration right it's a feast it's a celebration mm. of a commitment for a man and a woman to make their vows, it's it's a covenant that happens, right? So when when a man and a woman get married on their wedding day, it is them vowing within a covenant to never break apart, to not uh, to become one, right? And the yeah. vows have to be there, and it has to be a man and a woman. So. If you're going to a celebration of a covenant commitment of a man and a woman and it's a woman and a woman, you're just taking part in a lie and you're celebrating a lie. And that's sinful,
0: right? Yeah. Even if you're
1: not saying, I agree Mm -hmm. with this, it's sinful to celebrate sin. We should hate what God hates and love what God loves and God hates lies.
0: I think um, that's a really good point because what, what got me when you said that was whenever you looked at the wedding as a celebration Mm -hmm. and we got to say okay it's a celebration what are we celebrating we're celebrating the union between a man and a woman Uh, when you look at that from from the same sex perspective you're celebrating a union between a man and a man or a woman and a woman
1: which isn't a union
0: it's not even possible. right and you said earlier it's a mirage well here's the thing Do you want to do you want to continue to celebrate those people's mirages? Do you want to continue to uh, tell people, hey, this is okay. We can sell because by you being there, like we talk about explicit and implicit, it's implied that you in some way, shape or form agree with what they're doing. And you can't do that. You just can't. You can come there if you if you're going there to share the gospel, that's a totally different thing. If you're going there
1: to well, to- even then though, you would have to be like, you would basically as a Christian to go to a wedding like that and to make it profitable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you would have to like ruin the wedding. Yeah, and you would yeah, that's what I'm saying though. <laughs> I don't if think that that's yeah. even like good evangelism. You know, I don't think that that's the best <laughs> way to go about this. You yeah. know, I don't think that it would be profitable to go and just like, you know preach about the fact that this is sin like i don't think that that's a good way to go about this but that is at least uh trying to be biblically biblical <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean rather than just going and sitting at one
0: yeah so it's different in that perspective but when we're talking about just going as quote-unquote i want to support who at your loved one right that, that that's not supportive that's that's destructive um, and, and when you, when you live a lifestyle, when you affirm a lifestyle that is that sinful, you, you're literally saying, I don't care about the image of God. I care more about what God gave me. I'm more concerned with loving my son than loving the word of God.
1: Right. And again, it's not love, right? Yeah. It's a, it's the world view of love. The mm-hmm. Bible in first John four, we're told that, that, uh, that God manifested his love in sending his son to die for us. And so that's when, and like Romans tells us, that Christ died for us at the right time while we were enemies of God. So it's not the world's view of love, because the world doesn't love their enemies. But Christ loves his enemies enough to go and die for them. He made a choice to love no matter what. And so that's what we're called to do, is choose to love, even if it means that, That we push people away, even if it means that people think of us as bigots, even if it means that people think that we are hating, we have to choose to love. And biblically speaking, loving is telling the truth and telling the truth in love is still telling the truth. Right. People. Mm. I feel like there's Americans today who call themselves Christians who would say that telling the truth in love means not telling the truth because it's unloving to tell the truth. yeah. And like, it's just, it makes no sense to me. It's not loving to, uh, to watch somebody walking on this road to hell and to pat them on the back and say, I support you. Right. That's not loving. That's hateful.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and I think
0: a good final warning, at least for this, this Lecrae portion of this, when we talk about what this is and just really get into the thought process behind it what we want to drive up what i want to drive up out of this is that this is a warning to what following falling away looks like right Mm -hmm. so like we know that lecrae has said some questionable things in the past we know that he is he's pretty firm on the sjw stuff i don't want to sit here and bash lecrae lecrae has been um really like early his early music and stuff like that was was amazing for me and like great to listen to and just um inspirational and and uh powerful and and it it glorified god i believe it did but this is concerning to me because i would say he's a really strong christian back then now looking at him i would say hey this is a warning to what falling away looks like this is um this is and the warning is the the real the mark right here, and the the to see if you're really falling away. The test for for me, I guess nowadays especially, is does culture like what you do more than what the church likes what you do? Mm-hmm. And if culture is like, well, the pretty cool, or if the church and the culture are kind of on balance path, that's a problem because yeah. the culture. Should hate what we do. The church should love, support, financially support. That's how much they love it. You know what we do. You know, and that's the that that's the concern. Is you want the church's 100% backing, and you don't want the world's backing. You want the world to turn into the church. That's what you want to do. Look
1: at how his friends changed, right? right? In his older music. He only hung out with like-minded people, Mm. and now he's doing songs with pagans. He's doing – and he he might say, oh, man, I'm preaching the gospel. You know, I'm not trying to seclude myself from the world. I'm being in the world but not of it. But look at how his friends have changed, man. Mm. And I was just reading this in my devotions the other day. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. You cannot be friends with the world and friends with God. Now, yes, you can preach the gospel to the world and be friends with God, but it's not going to look like friendship. Lecrae is looking like a friend of the world. He's going along with the ways of the world, with the ways of uh, their ideologies. He's not being he's not standing firm in the faith. And it is concerning. I don't think it means he's necessarily fallen away. But I think it is a sign. And like you said, a warning of, you know, like Paul tells us, he says, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong and uh, Lecrae is not doing that in interviews like that. Now those don't, uh, count for the summation of his whole person. Um, he could have gotten out of that interview and kicked himself and said, I should not have said that I was not being honorable. He could have repented privately, but the truth is he's a public figure and he needs to publicly repent for something like that because he's causing people to stumble, man. And that is really dangerous stuff.
0: Well, I mean, and like you said, his friends, I've heard, um, in one of the songs that Andy Minio makes, um, it's not him saying it, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not him, but, um, it's the guy he's singing it with. They suggest in there, he says, please somebody tell AOC we need her to be president. And I'm like, do you even understand <laughs> what you're saying? Like, like, and, and this is some of the blind, just obvious ignorance. To, to the whole culture, to whole to worldview, to what the Bible says and how we should hand handle the world, you know? Right. And um it's a real concern. It really is. And so like you were talking about with his friends, it it impacts the people that you're around, um, that look up to you, that look at you as this is my guy. This yeah. is my dude that And, you know, and there is a responsibility to acknowledge and look up at who you're around. I understand that. But you do have to be careful. And I'm not saying our our point is not to say you can't have Christians that aren't believers. You can't have Christians that have differing viewpoints on theological issues or things like that.
1: You You can't have friends that aren't believers. Yeah,
0: friends. Yeah. That aren't believers. But but my point is, is that you want to make that tight circle, that close circle of who you got. Like-minded believers, Absolutely. and I think that was a good point you had earlier about like-mindedness. But um,
1: Right, and they should be yeah. believers that, that challenge you, not just people who agree with you. Um, on this podcast alone, all three of us have huge disagreements on all kinds of stuff, But and that's me and Robbie and Jackson, um, but at the end of the day, our... Our foundation is is our standard. It's the word of God. All of us are trying our best to be faithful to that and to point one another to that for the glory of God. And when you have friends like that, uh, there's not a lot that can go wrong. But once you start losing friends like that and you get plugged into a church that is soft and you don't have people counseling you and. Um, it's easy to give in to the ways of the world. It happens very quickly. It will shock you how quickly it happens. I remember I was in, I was in middle school one time. No, maybe it was, it was high school and this is in my public school years. And man, it just kind of goes to prove just how awful public school is. But, um, (laughs) but at one point I, I remember sitting there with this buddy of mine and in the class, Previous to that uh, to that lunch when we were sitting together, the teacher had asked who was Christians in the class. And I raised my hand. Very brave of me. <laughs> and my <laughs> buddy goes at lunch. He looks at me and he says, you know, I I never even knew you were a Christian. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, that's not good. Yeah. You know, like I've been there three years and sure, I was young, but he should have known that I was a Christian. I looked just like them. You know, I didn't look Mm. any different. I didn't act any different. I didn't speak any different. Uh, When I was at school, I spoke like them and they molded me and I became conformed not to the image of Christ, but to the image of the world. And Mm. I feel like that's kind of what we see happening, not just with Lecrae, but with a lot of people in the church today. in the evangelical community is becoming friends with the world and then being conformed to that world.
0: Isn't it kind of funny how it seems like a lot of pastors talk about this concept of uh, missionary dating, right? Where you see a girl, you find her very attractive, and you find out she's not a believer. Mm-hmm. Christian Christian guy continues to pursue her, continues to date her um, in hopes, oh, well, well you know, she's going to come to church. She's going to get saved. She's going to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of the it, – it's a, if you approach the world in a similar aspect that – it, is it wrong for that guy to know who that girl is, to befriend that girl, or whatever? But when you go ahead and say, "Hey, we're gonna pursue marriage," and yeah. you're pursuing marriage yeah. in, in of a non-believer, of an unequally yoked person that that's where you're saying, Hey, I want to pursue marriage with the world. I want to pursue marriage with culture. I want to pursue marriage with some of these things. And when you think about it in that way, it really makes you take a step back and say, Hey, let me get my priorities straight. Let me think, let me think about this because, you know, and, and obviously I'm relating some pretty heavy things there, but that's kind of what we're saying Absolutely. when we do stuff like this. So, Anyways, I, this kind of goes, it leads us into homosexuality in the church. Um, a lot of churches, and when you have a scenario, and we can get into this if you want, where let's say uh, somebody is gay, somebody's either de- declared themselves as gay or has said that, you know, I struggle with homosexuality, which is something different. When we talk about these things, when you have somebody come into the church that is gay, that is a homosexual, the church has one of two options. One, we're not going to deal with it, or two, we're going to deal with it. And the, if you choose to deal with it, a lot of churches go one uh, another split here where they go, hey, this is totally terrible, this is awful, this is wrong. Or, well, let's think about it. Let's let let's kind of let's understand and stuff like that. So, I, you know, how what do you think is appropriate way to handle homosexual individuals that enter the church?
1: I think that you should handle that in the same way that you would handle any pagan entering into the church, any unbeliever. Um, right. If they entered into the church saying, no, I'm a Christian. This is, you know, where I'm supposed to worship. But they openly identify as a homosexual and are not. Because uh, there is a distinction, like you said, between someone who openly identifies and is proud of being a homosexual versus someone who struggles with homosexual desires. Yeah. Um, because that's similar to just how. Uh, how all of us struggle with sinful, lustful desires that we shouldn't mm-hmm. have, um, but we fight against them, and we don't define ourselves by them, and we're not proud of them. Uh, we kill them, right? That's right. different than the person who comes in saying, no, no, I'm a Christian homosexual, and so I feel like we should treat that person in the same way that we would any unbeliever who thinks there's a Christian, Um, we should open the Bible. We should meet them for coffee. We should say, uh, in order to be a Christian, you have to show fruit. Um, in order to be a Christian, you have to, uh, actually believe what the Bible says and follow what it says. And this is what it says. It says that you cannot be a homosexual and enter the kingdom of God. It says that you must repent. It says that you must kill sin. Um, And so it would just be a process, like with any unbeliever, of sharing the true gospel of repentance of sins unto salvation.
0: Yeah, I think you said it when you said um, we got to open our Bibles. We got to open our Bibles. And and part of that killing sin process is we have to be in prayer. And we have an obligation to our fellow church members to pray for them, to pray for others and confess our sins to one another. Um, Mm. I think a lot of people neglect that a lot of times to say, hey, um, you know, and it doesn't you don't have to confess it to everybody just like but the idea is it is healthy. We look at like studies show that it's healthy to get things off your chest. Why do you think there are uh, therapists and psychologists that consistently ask difficult, tough questions because they want to dig past that stuff and help you deal with it? So that's kind of the same way the church, except our foundation is on God. In christ and and the way he has wired us and designed us is to find our strength in him part of that is a process of confessing to one another and growing deeper together and having a deeper fellowship and bond with your local right. church
1: it's ultimately going to be dying to self right because yeah. this is what i've heard countless people say this uh when i'm in like Uh, an evangelism scenario or something like that and homosexuality gets brought up almost every single time without fail it's um well i was made that way or Mm -hmm. well this person that i know was made that way uh why would god make someone that way well the truth is god made adam and eve perfect and after that every single human being was given a sinful nature that they were born with and so in the same way that i have certain sinful tendencies let's say i uh and more naturally angry it doesn't yeah. mean that i can just go around saying oh yeah i'm just you know i'm just a hateful christian uh that's just who i am it's, yeah God, i'm just a hateful christian no no sin is sin and part of being a christian is dying to your old self and it's putting off the old self and putting on the new self and following after the spirit and killing sin day by day before it kills you. And if you identify yourself by your sin, it's going to be killing you. Our identity is in Christ if we're Christians. And if yeah. it's in Christ, it means that the old self has passed away. And um, and so we can either go back to that old self like a dog to his vomit or we can put on the new self. We can get up each day and we can be faithful, even though it goes against our very nature, our very sinful nature. And that might be a struggle for some people until the day that they die. But if we are getting up every day and we're saying, I'm choosing myself today to fight against this sin, to repent, to confess it, to be around believers, to not identify myself by my sin, then you will bear fruit and the Lord will reward that. And ultimately your soul will be saved. And if you put your trust in Christ He will deliver all of these things to you and he will give you that new that new heart that you desire. And so a big problem within the church right now is people identifying themselves by their sin and not recognizing that the truth is the power of the Holy Spirit is stronger than your sinful nature. And if you have been saved, you will bear fruit.
0: Yeah. So I think and another uh, conclusion we can draw from this is also that people are individuals. And, and different individuals struggle with different things. You know how we were, you were kind of talking is, is we were born with a sin nature, but you just, you made the distinction between, well maybe this person deals with this, and mm-hmm. maybe I deal with this. Right. It doesn't mean these two things are specifically the same exact sinful thing that you struggle with, but, we still struggle with the sin nature. So that is why, and we kind of talked about this on the Black Lives Matter one, that's why we're so against the systematic concept of racism, the systematic right. concept of, of, of this, you know, stuff, because systematically, we're all messed up in sin. We're all rooted in sin, but the idea is we don't, we deal with different specific sins.
1: We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Right. We've all fallen, if it's like a line and God's glory is above the line, we're all infinitely below the line. Every mm-hmm. single human being born with a sin nature. Um, but where we fall horizontally on that line is different. Where we fall, uh, in what specific ways is going to be different. So we've all fallen short. Not all of us have fallen short in regards to homosexuality not all of us have fallen short in regards to racism but we have all fallen short and all of us need a new heart in order to be saved homosexuals um people who are not homosexuals and who look at women with lust and that sort of thing all of that is sin. Yeah. all of it is is condemning and all of it needs to be called sin in order to be brought up to that level of the glory of god which is not something that we do on our own right that's it's uh um, it's a propitiation. That's what Christ does is he – we're seen, even though we're still sinful after we're saved, we're seen as perfect. We're seen as holy because God doesn't look to us. He looks to Christ who died the perfect death in our place.
0: Absolutely. Last couple of points here we'll hit and then we'll be done. So I, I brought up homosexuality in the workplace, and um, a couple things that that also go along with, with this topic is um, we have – homophobic people or that homophobic language. People sometimes, you know, you hear that word said, hey, well, they're just homophobic, or, you know, (laughs) something like that. You hear that language brought up a lot of of times, and uh, for a lot of people, that means a lot of different things um, when you hear homophobic. And then, uh, let's see, uh, there's also hatred for people that are homosexual. There's transgenderism and, quote-unquote, oppressed groups. Um, and then like the LGBTQA plus community, all this stuff, but, um, and then, and, and, you know, it's just on and on and on of abominations of saying, here's how we handle people that don't want to be looked at as made in the image of God. Mm. And I, you know, you can really sum up that chunk of language as a misinterpretation of scripture, and either that if they are believers, or people that don't rebellion. want anything with, right. <laughs> with, with God or with scripture. So, um, ultimately we gotta ask at the end of the day, what does God say about these topics? These are our, our worldview, our world application. How do we apply these concepts, these things to our own personal life? How do we apply God's word to hmm these things in our own personal life i should say but um so how do we do that in the workplace in daily life with people on social media that just say well they're homophobic
1: yeah i've been called that quite a few times homophobic that one's always really interesting to me because they're like oh you're just afraid of gay people yeah um generally speaking this is gonna sound really harsh but generally Generally, being gay people are, are just more effeminate men, and they don't intimidate me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so, oftentimes, though, they'll they'll say that, that you know we're just stuck in old ways, and we're afraid of new things, and we're afraid of change, we're afraid of, of evolving. Um. A good response to that would just be, uh, actually, I'm just I'm I have fear of the Lord. I have fear of God, and fear of God compels me to. Condemn sin because I'm afraid of hell. I'm afraid of what it would mean to disagree with a holy and perfect God. Um, I'm not scared of sin. I'm scared of what sin does. I'm scared of how it, uh, Ruins lives and sends people to hell and keeps them out of the kingdom of God and spits in the face of God and his design I am scared of all those things. They should definitely scare us They should scare us a lot more than they do So the homophobic one is always kind of interesting to me um, That one really does just slide off of my back a lot um, People more will just you know the, the hateful comments and that's again right. we talked about that a little bit earlier um, You know, what does it mean to hate? Uh, what does it mean to love? And a good answer to someone who says that, you know, you're being hateful is just, you know, by what standard am I being hateful? Why do you have a right to say that I'm even being hateful? What even is hateful in your worldview? Flip it on on its head, um, because the truth is someone who calls you hateful for believing one thing is using a totally arbitrary worldview to make a claim like that. And so you have to say, like, what do you mean hate? because God defines what's hateful. So why are you using God's definitions? Only God has the right to define what's good and evil. And he does that with hate. He actually is the one who says not to be hateful, and he does it with homosexuality. And yeah. he's and he says that that's wrong as well.
0: Yeah. Um and, and you know, I I think it's really important um that we we cap this part off right here um with Um, The the whole transgender topic we talk about (laughs) because I heard basically and I heard James White and we talked about him earlier, but I heard him saying uh, that this is the, the road right here. This is the I don't know how he said it exactly, but it was like basically this is the the ultimate declaration of I don't want anything with God. I don't not that that person can't get saved or anything like that. It's just like. The ultimate rebellion to say, I'm cutting off everything yeah. that, that God has made me, you know, not, not everything. Right. I'm All of the natural. Dis- yeah. yeah.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So the distinction between God's image of people and how we have yeah. distorted that, how have we, how we've sinned against that. And like. And that, that really put transgenderism in a whole new light, because a lot of people will put, well, right. transgenderism and drag queens and gay people and all this stuff, it's on the same level. But actually, this transgender wave where you're actually cutting off your body parts <laughs> that declare what gender you are outwardly, you know? Right.
1: It's such a pure form of rebellion, for
0: sure. Yeah. We
1: see that kind of a way that that correlates to the whole homosexuality thing is, like with Lecrae, is – He would and I don't know this, but I assume that a man who would go to his gay son's wedding um, would not use or he would use someone's preferred pronouns if they were transgender out of love. Right. Oh, you know, I I disagree with them, but I'm going to call him uh, I'm going to call him she, even though God made that a man. Um, There's a lot of Christians who would do that, who would use preferred pronouns. And again, that's feeding into a lie and it's destructive. Don't don't misunderstand.
0: That is niceness. That's not loving. Exactly. That's niceness. And niceness right. is the sin of the sheep, like we've talked about before. Yep. So
1: kindness um, is biblical, but kindness yeah. is telling the truth. Kindness is the truth being told in a loving way. Niceness is not helpful for anybody. It hurts.
0: Yeah. Um. At least this worldly concept of niceness. Right. <laughs> um, um. Okay. So. Talked about that stuff. Let Let's try to do. I don't think we'd be doing justice here, uh, or or whatever, being fair to everybody here. Um, if we didn't bring this up, let's talk about the Christians um, that are specifically. I hate gay people. I hate who they are. I hate everything about them. I don't want anything to do with them. I hope they die and go to hell. There are people like that that exists in our world that don't want to see God's grace applied to an yeah. individual because of their sinfulness and what they've chose to do. Um how do you think that we should respond to people like that? How do you think not only that let's let's talk about one how is that totally anti-biblical? Yeah. <laughs> and 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 two how do we try to lovingly correct that person?
1: That's a great question. I think uh, the Bible says that if we can't forgive those who have wronged us, then we won't be forgiven. Um, If you can't look at a sinner and hope that they become saved, I don't know if you can be saved. Uh, You might be, but I would doubt it because it means this is what it fundamentally means. If you are Mm -hmm. unable to love someone enough to tell them the truth, um, if you're unable to love someone in that biblical way of loving because you hate them because of their sin, then you don't understand what you've been given. Um You think that you earned something, and that's uh heresy, right? That's works-based salvation. It's saying, this person deserves hell. I don't. Actually, the Bible tells us that we all deserve hell and that we are all dead in our trespasses and sins and that the only way to salvation is if christ breathes breathes new life into a person and so the only difference between me and my homosexual neighbor is that god breathed new life into me before he did to them and um and so earnestly praying For them is the only response earnestly preaching the gospel you know i i mentioned the verse earlier when paul condemns homosexuality and then he says such were some of you you guys were right there there is one line separating you but you know separating you from the world and that's the cross of christ that is the only reason that you're any different that you're not much worse and so I've seen this a lot with Christians, especially older Christians who are not used to uh, seeing homosexuality. And rather than being heartbroken by it, they're just grossed out. And I get it. It is disgusting. Uh, we don't want to be uh, too timid about it. Sin is yeah. disgusting. Open sin is disgusting. And it is egregious sin. We should see homosexual sin as disgusting. But at the end of the day, we don't have a right to to hate people for their sin, um, we—I uh, want to be careful because I do not think that hate the sin, love the sinner—is the right way of looking at things. Um, because at the end of the day, that can paint God out as the bad guy. Because God hates the sinner. Uh, God wants to send the sinner to hell. Um, but God has the right to do that. We don't. Right. We don't have a right to hate people um, who have sinned. We don't have a right to send people to hell uh, because that's the same path that we were on, if not for the grace of God. Um, God says, Jacob, I loved Esau. I hated. Uh, He didn't just not like Esau. He didn't just not like some of the things that he did. No, he hated him. Uh, That's a rebel and that's an enemy of God. And so they are uh, enemies of our God. And we are not to be uh brothers and sisters with them but we are to love them paul says in romans that i believe it's chapter eight or nine maybe it's ten but he says uh i wish myself to be accursed um for he's talking about the israelites who have fallen away and who are not saved and he wishes hell upon himself that they might be saved that's how much he cares for them and those are not believers. So that should be our attitude. That should be our uh, our motivating love should be the fact that we've been given a free gift. Right. It should be something that just flows out of us that when we recognize how bad we are and how much we don't deserve our salvation, it should turn quickly into a um, OK, what can I do about that for others now? Because I didn't deserve it. Let me give this to someone else. It's a free gift. It's like Isaiah six. Um, when he has that vision and he's in the throne room of God and he sees the holiness of God and he says, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And then God forgives him. His immediate reaction to that is, uh, you know, send me, I'll go when God needs something done. That should be our reaction is if we've been given a grace, so great, so undeserved, um, which we have, if we're Christians, um, then as soon as God says, I have a message to deliver to the people, we our hands should shoot up, send me, I'll go. And, and that's what God has done for us, right? He's saved us. He has said, uh, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and we should be saying, send me, I'll go. And if you say, uh, send someone else, that's a little bit too gross for me. You don't realize what you've been given. You don't realize how bad you are. You need to open your Bible and see just how dead and black and disgusting your sin really was. And you need to put that into perspective.
0: Yeah. And I think when people hear you say that God hates sinners, um, and when you say uh, the language of hate the sin, love the sinner, um, is kind of misleading. Um, I think a lot of people will be like, huh, what do you mean by that? And so like, like, cause me, I haven't ever really heard it put that way. But, um, when you think about it in the context of like, so I'm kind of going through Noah right now, um, and how God is going to flood the earth because of their sinfulness. And, and so essentially, so you're going through Genesis yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm sorry. Genesis six, my bad. I'm at Genesis six right now, my bad. I'm uh, going through Noah's story <laughs> in yeah. the Bible. Wow. <laughs> oh man. But um but yeah, no. God is gonna talk about here in the following chapters how he's going to flood the earth and uh and because he hates these people's sin. And the thing is, I would say God does not hate his creation, God loves His creation, but God also has a deep desire and a love for justice. And in that concept, in that way, I think is what we're going to pursue: is that God does hate sin; He does hate the um, that that way. I mean, do you would, would we disagree on this? That that um, God's more concerned with justice i don't think god necessarily um hates every everyone or something like that i understand like hated esau you know the the vessels of wrath that go to hell the people that actually die and go to hell like that is a part of god's nature that's part of god's just nature
1: right because not because he made them to be hated uh, but because he created them and they rebelled against him. And so that that Genesis 6 passage is a good one to go to, I think, in defense of this, because uh, we see that God God doesn't hate his image, right? God loves his image, and they are image bearers. So he doesn't hate the entirety of the person, right? But he hates what the person has become. He hates the fact that they have become uh perverse and have departed from him. And so there's a sense in which I know it's hard to say, but we need to say that God hates sinners because sinners rebel against God. And um and then we can also say at the same time that God loves sinners by sending his son to die for them. And so it's it's hard to understand. It's a really big topic. We could do a whole podcast on that. Um, but the truth is that That God hates sinners, and yet God so loved the world that he sent his son to die, so that whosoever may believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so there's a both-and aspect there. Um, It's not uh, 100% either way. God doesn't work uh, in the way that we uh, can fully comprehend and understand, but um, and so it can be kind of confusing. But it is true that God hates sin and that God hates the sinner and that God hates it when we go against his design and that he poured out that hate on Jesus Christ so that whoever may believe might be saved eternally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I'm really glad you unpacked some of that there just because I like in my head mentally, I was like I was getting hung up on the God hating people. And I was like, I was like, no. And then I thought about it. And I was like, well, wait. Esau, he hated Jacob. He loved, and then you go through Romans nine, and then you look at the the story through Noah, and you look at God swallowed up some Israelites in the desert right. with Moses. God,
1: God has every right to hate every single person. The fact mm-hmm. that he gives any of his love in a form that saves us is uh, is radical. It's yeah. unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and I think what we go back to is the sovereignty of God. In this, this is really we might not be able to understand. That, that decision making process, that belongs to God. But what we can understand is that God is in control of everything and that he is sovereign and that it is up to him to make the decision of, of salvation, of repentance, of, um, us turning from our sin and following him. It is only through him that we can do that. So, and because of him. So, um, but anyways, I think we covered a lot of ground here, man. I think we had a pretty good podcast mm-hmm. for, about an hour, man. That's probably one of our longest ones. So I'll go ahead and, uh, pray for us. If you're cool with that, uh, then we'll wrap up with, uh, just telling everybody what else we got on the network. Cool. All right. Um, thank you for an opportunity to, uh, meet here over Skype and just talk about our world and your word and how your word is meant to, uh, we're meant to utilize and, uh, take advantage of and, and, um, apply it to our lives and make the world look more like Christ through making disciples and uh talking through some of the really tough issues with with homosexuality and stuff like that God just thank you for an opportunity um to just come before you today and uh we just pray that this would uh help other people um understand what we're saying uh draw closer to you um that you would use this um for your glory Lord and, and pray amen Amen. So, we have the American Sojourners podcast. We have the Grandpappy podcast. We have counter-culturalism .com. .com. Um, And now, am I missing anything that I'm thinking of?
1: Well, yeah, you can go and see what we post on Facebook, on, uh, on Instagram, that sort of thing, and just find us there um we haven't been posting a ton recently because we have been really busy with school starting but we hope to start at least for this podcast uh posting weekly again when we can um, but be patient with us because there's a lot going on um yeah hope you enjoyed everybody and god bless